Welcome back to another episode of the Poker Model Podcast. I'm Greg McAfee, your host, and I'm here with co-founder Brett Stokar. Brett, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. So on episode five, Brett, we talked about um, a few different labels that are involved with the Poker Model, like how to calculate your big blind and how to determine what stack size you have. Now on today's episode, as we talked about in the pre-production meeting, we're going to teach you how to apply these to a hand of poker. It's one thing to know something. It's another thing to actually apply it. So, Brett, just to keep it simple, what do we play and why? That's a great question, Greg. Because <laughs> I think everybody kind of has a different um, understanding of what to play and why. Uh, sometimes, it, you know, you feel like you're going to play something, and sometimes you don't feel like it, whatever. Hand, you could have won a hand you want to play. You could have lost. I want to just clear all that up. That's really what the poker model is really trying to do here. We're going to know what to play and why based on the key four variables. So we already taught you how to calculate big blinds. And so you're going to have a big blind number, right? It'll be one, two, three. There'll be some number that you'll have that you can mm -hmm. calculate. The next one is going to be your stack size. So now that you know that you have 18 big blinds, you know that you have a small stack. Now that you know that you have 28 big blinds, you have a medium stack and so forth. Over 50, over 50 would be a large stack. So those two things are done. This is all controllable stuff. You know, you're mm -hmm. not you're not having to wait or guess on any of this. This is just real stuff in front of you. The the next one we're going to look at is previous action. So did the action fold to you? Did it? Um, was there one raise? Was there four raises? All that stuff you'll be able to see before it's your turn. And then lastly, we're going to look at the the uh, two cards in your hand um, as well. Okay. So, I mean, just to kind of start, um, when you when you look at your previous action, um, what, how does that um, influence whether you want to play a hand or not? So, we look at um, how many things happen. I think, Greg, I should mention also, we have to look at our table position. Mm -hmm. I think I might have missed that one because that's okay. important too. Yeah. Uh, but that's in there. So, so anyway, so, so previous action, right? So, if you're sitting under the gun then there's no previous action ever. It's mm -hmm. on you first. So the answer to that one is zero. But if you are sitting you know, on the button, you might have one, two, three raises or more. So at this point, for what we're describing, it's just important for you to understand, is there no, are there no raises in front of me? Are there one? Are there more than one? Mm -hmm. So just like everything else, you can kind of put it into that category. And then we're going to show you how to play based on that. Okay. Um, and then just kind of work backwards a little bit. Does can you kind of um go through the the table positions, their definitions, and how it might influence uh what you play and when or when where you play? Sure. Mm -hmm. Sure. So um, early table position for us are the three seats that are first to act preflop. So mm -hmm. under the gun, under the gun plus one, and under the gun plus two. Uh, you're supposed to be tighter in these seats because there's more people to your left that can have a hand that could you know play back at you mm -hmm. uh, but the way the game is played today it actually sometimes is easier to take control of a hand raising from early position because it kind of makes you look like you don't have it but anyways you know that that those are those three seats um middle table position is the cutoff plus two the cutoff plus one of the cutoff 
and then late position is the button, the small blind, and the big blind. So there's a lot more uh, aggressiveness and, and attempts to steal the blinds from late position. And middle position is kind of in between both of those extremes. Mm-hmm. I mean, what's for in your taste, what's, what's the best position to have on the table? Where do you want to, where do you feel the most comfortable? It really doesn't matter um, because all of them have benefits. Uh, I can mm-hmm. give you an example. Uh, if you have pocket aces, well, if you're under the gun with pocket aces, that's good. There's all these people behind you that could potentially play. Mm-hmm. If you're in the small blind with pocket aces, it could still be good because they might think you're trying to steal your blinds. But, you know, mix up the stack sizes and it might actually be a bad thing to have pocket aces in the small blind because it's just they might just fold because there's one player to your left. So generally speaking, you know, any uh, any position could be good. It could be bad. And we just want to be consistent and, and play based off of our rules, not necessarily how we feel or what's our favorite. Yeah. Um, and then we can get to the, the third variable that you spoke about, the, the two cards in your hand. So is there, are there, is there a certain ranges, range of hands that you like to play in certain, in certain situations? Or is there a certain range of hands that you'll play no matter what? Um, kind of explain uh, your thought process when you see the two cards in your hand. Yeah, definitely. So it's probably easiest to move backwards with this one too. So, and we're talking free flop here. So there's mm-hmm. two cards in your hand. There's nothing else going on. We have uh, a group called Premium Hands, which is Aces, Ace King, and Kings. These are hands that you want to try to raise pre-flop. You want to try to get all in. Mm-hmm. We have a group of hands called Call Behind Hands, and these hands are pocket pairs, two through Queen. We have Ace Ten, Ace Jack, Ace Queen, King Queen, and King and King Jack. And we want to just call, if there's one raise, we want to call behind that raise to try to see a flop and, and hopefully um, keep position in the head. And then there's just qualifying hands. Like if, if uh, it folds to you and there's no previous raises, we have a, a rule of, you know, any two cards over seven, any ace suited connectors over six, suited nine, seven, suited 10, seven. And, you know, we'll, we'll get in any pocket pairs, you know, we'll give you this information um, in a written document, but just generally speaking, uh, these are the hands that we come into the pots with, and as long as we have a medium or large stack, then we're able to play these hands this way. Things will change with a short stack. Okay. So now, now that we know the the key variables, including your big blind amount, the table position, the previous action ahead of you, and the two cards in your hand, what does this process look for you? Like, what do you what do you look at first um, when you're on the table, and how does it influence the rest of your decisions as it goes on? Yeah, I mean, you can really go in any order, but what I usually do first is I calculate my big blinds. So I'm sitting there, uh, and I'm also looking at the seat I'm in. So Mm -hmm. here I am on the button. I have 40 big blinds, and then I usually look at my hand. So I say, okay, I have King Jack. And there's really nothing else I can do because the action has to occur for me to know how much previous action there actually is, right? Mm -hmm. So, of course, I know 40 big blind stack is a medium stack, so that's kind of like one and the same. So then I'll wait, you know, if, if nobody raises, then I know I have no previous action and I come into the pot. If there's one raise in front from any of those seats, well, King Jack is a call behind hand. As long as I have 20 big blinds, I already know I'm going to call that bet. Mm -hmm. And if there's two raises, right, there's one raise and then a three bet. So all the action has been escalated. Now King Jack is not a premium hand. uh, So I would need a premium hand to play that hand. So I would just fold. Okay. So you can see how I'm sitting in the same seat with the same stack, but depending on what happens, I'm going to play the hand or 
fold the hand. Mm-hmm. And I mean, in in poker, there there's millions of different situations that can that can happen even before the flop, um, before the flop is dealt. So how do you how would you suggest to our listeners to kind of be able to learn the poker model and be able to learn the the mindset that is involved with making these decisions um, before phase uh, three even happens? Yeah, I, I think it's very important to run through this information in your head on every single hand. Obviously, if you're dealt 7-2 under the gun, like you're just going to toss it, and mm-hmm. that's fine. But, you know, you need to know your big blinds, and then you need to know your stack size, and then these ranges that we're giving you, you can really just line it all up. You know, here I am in this seat. I have this stack size. I have this hand. Here's the action in front of me. So what I would recommend is know that on every single hand, even if you're folding. Say, okay, here are my four variables. I need to fold. Here are my four. I need to fold. You know, I have a good hand here, so now I'm going to play it but here are my four variables and I'm going to play it. So I think the key Greg is getting a lot of reps, but not like cutting corners and just saying, Oh, you know what? Like I feel this, this is a good hand and it it looks shiny, you know, Jack 10 suited looks shiny. So I'm going to call a three bet with that. And that's, that's a losing play in the long run. I mean, how, how is important, how important is it to establish like the knowledge of whether to get into a hand or not to the rest of your game? Um, I mean, is it pretty much the foundation of what decisions you make um, as the hand goes on? For us, it is. Mm-hmm. And, and remember, you know, we're teaching a, uh, a model to people who don't know how to play or they're already playing and they're not winning. Mm-hmm. So for us, for our group, it's essential to have this foundation and take some of the guessing out of it. Are there top pros that can do this with their eyes closed and probably don't even need to think about these, these petty variables uh, for them to win. Probably. I mean, they're probably that good, but, but remember, you know, if, if you're kind of struggling and you're going up and down and you're not sure, you know, why you're winning or losing or what's happening uh, or you go on a major downswing, it's probably because you don't have these, these foundational elements, you know, built into your, into your game. I, I keep comparing it to like a foul shot, you know, someone could just walk up to the foul lines and, you know, hit the shot without even doing their routine and you know that'll work you know most of the time or it could not but you see everybody has a routine and that's all we're preaching here is like find this as your qualification routine enter these hands in a logic from a logical place and just watch as you start to you know get into it and learn it and and now you're feeling very confident and and you know there's less guessing going on Definitely. I mean, it's always it's always important to kind of get back to the basics sometimes, even when you find yourself kind of spiraling out of control. And I feel like this um, is a good place to start um, if you are either just getting involved or um, or you're just starting to play poker or you've been playing for a while and maybe you're on a downswing. Maybe you just need to get back to the basics. Um, so that is all we have time for today, guys. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Poker Model Podcast. Brett, thanks for coming on once again. Thank you. And make sure to visit us at thepokermodel.com for more blog articles, videos, and other podcasts that maybe you haven't listened to yet. Um, but and subscribe to us on youtube.com backslash thepokermodel. Again, thanks for joining us, guys. Stay tuned.